Man, I'm really excited about sharing today's word, as I am every time. Uh, I'm going to take a pause from my uh, leadership series. I was going from First Samuel to talk about leadership issues. But today, I have something a bit more personal uh, to do. But before we do that, uh, I'm going to get everyone to stand. I did this last time. Uh, scientific research says that you need at least two or three, or they say five, hugs or touches or some, some, some sort of physical touch to be healthy. So why don't we be a healthy community right now? Just give someone a high five if you don't know them. If you know them really well, give them a hug. Do at least three people. Three people. Three people. All right. Somebody's excited. <laughs> All right. I, I feel two-thirds of the way there. All right. Awesome. How many of you guys believe that this house is a healthy house? Amen? Amen. How many of you guys believe this is a powerful house? Amen. Amen. Uh, we want to especially extend our greetings to, uh, for those who are coming to our church for the first time. Uh, we do believe God has a purpose for you here. And we want to just say that we love you and we're excited for the things that God's going to speak to you. Um, even if you do nothing, this is what our lead pastor says, even if you just sit in our services and do absolutely nothing, like we believe, because there's such an anointing on this house, God's still going to wreck you. Yeah, somehow, somewhere he's going to get you. All right. So uh, along with that, we just want to say that uh, this house is a safe house. Uh, I've been here for a year and a half uh, with my family. Uh, my beautiful wife and daughter, and, and the emphasis that we place in this house is relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, more than functionality, like myself, I, I grew up uh, not going to church and visiting different churches and kind of serving at different churches. I realized the most important thing is relationship, uh, more than function. Even working at a large church, uh, before coming here, uh, I was working at a large church, man, Mega churches can work you. Okay? I'm realizing more and more uh, relationships are everything. Amen? Amen? All right. So today, I want to talk about the topic of praise. Right. Oh, come on. It's going to be powerful. You know why? Because I'm the praise leader. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Let's, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, it, is, it is a... It's a very dear topic to me. And it should be a very dear topic to you too. And it's not dear because, you know, I'm a praise leader, as I said before, but it's really one of the most important things on God's heart. Praises of God, if not the most important uh, aspect of God's heart, it's His praises. And so I just need everyone to stay focused. I really feel like there's a revelation to be released. And uh, we're just going to go back to the basics as well. There's going to be some basic teachings for those who've been in the church for a long time. But I feel like there's going to be a fresh revelation of that as well. And uh, so it's going to be exciting. Here's the deal. All of creation right now is praising God. Every ion, every molecule, everything that you see in this universe has been created for one purpose. Okay, there are other purposes that each thing has that God has created. But there's one purpose. It is to praise God. You guys believe that? 
The universe evolves and it rolls and it moves for the purpose of praising God. Even the stars, they take their form and they explode and disappear. Why? Because it is a form of praise to Him. The earth right now spinning in its axis, the form of foundation that it is going on, it is there to praise God. On this earth, we know that every little, every little to big creature has been formed. Even just by eating, like a, a lion might devour a rabbit. That is a form of praise because it's doing exactly what God created it to do. It is praising God through its function. Okay? Everything, even non-living things. Jesus says that even if they would not praise me, the rocks would cry out. The rocks themselves know who God is, and they praise him. So how much more should his people praise him? Amen? All praise right now is being lifted up. Even as we speak, your spirit, simply because you are a believer, is praising God, whether you know it or not. Even as I preach the word of God, there is a spirit engagement with his presence, and I'm praising God through the proclamation of his word. So everyone say power. 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 Today I'm going to be preaching about the power in praise. Okay, dunamos. All right. It's going to be powerful. Uh, I'm going to go for a two-fold lesson today. And the first part, as I mentioned before, is a basic teaching on praise to establish and reestablish this house in the order of praise. And the second part of my message, which is the title of my message, is for us to get a fresh revelation on the power of praise. Okay? Praise is powerful. Do you know why? Because God, whom we praise, is powerful. Praise isn't about us. Praise directs the focus to Him. And that's why it is powerful. Kim Jong-il and all his millions of uh, army men, plus all his nukes, it does not match to the power of God's praises. Amen? Amen? Amen. Do you know what's scary, more scary than Kim Jong-il? It is the army of God. (laughs) And it's when the army of God get it and they begin to praise him, man, no nuke, no attack can come near us. Amen? All right. Isaiah 61, 3, according to NIV, says that God has bestowed on us a crown of beauty instead of ashes. He's released the oil of gladness instead of mourning and the garment of praise. Instead of spirit of despair. Okay. A garment of praise he's given us. Instead, a spirit of despair. That is your blessing. Every single person here, if you're a believer, he's given you a garment of praise. But just think about this for a little bit. Why a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair? Why a garment of praise instead of hopelessness? Why not the spirit of hope? Why not say God has given you the message of hope instead of the spirit of despair? Okay. Psalms 147.1 reads, Praise the Lord. How good is it to praise, uh, to sing praises to our God? How pleasant and fitting to praise Him. Meaning, fitting in all that we do when we praise Him, it was meant to be. You see, uh, you and I, we believe, okay, 
we believe that just as we are created to praise God, when we praise Him, there's, a, there's an amazing exchange going on. Okay, bear with me. When we praise Him, it regenerates our spirits. And it restores us to our original nature. Before the fall, there was a perfect union between us and God. And Adam and Eve were in complete union with Him, where praising Him wasn't a problem. It was the natural overflow of who we are. But because of sin, there was a degeneration. And therefore, as you can see before us, if you look outside, there are millions of souls out there who have difficulty to praise God. Okay? But there is something about praise, the act of praise. It takes us before the fall. It takes us to a place where it restores our dignity. It restores our identity. It restores our destiny, our strength, our joy, and therefore hope. Instead of the spirit of despair, he's given you a garment of praise. Do you know why? God takes us one step further. Instead of us just simply giving us hope, he could have said, okay, you're hopeless, hope. He gives us weapons for hope. Think about that. He gave the body of believers not just hope itself, but weapons of hope. So not only is praising God an act of sacrifice, like we come here and we praise Him, we, we direct all the glory to Him, and that should be the first and foundation. But as we do praise Him, it is also beneficial to us. Okay? It blesses our atmosphere. When you praise Him, you invite His presence into the place that you are praising Him. When you praise Him, you are entrusting Him with the presence that you stand on. So the very ground you stand on, when you praise the name of God, the gra- the rocks, as the rocks cry out, they regenerate and they come into agreement with what God has planned for the ground that you stand on. So the praises blesses our families. Your praises blesses your neighborhood. Our praises here today blessed simply because of Jesus, blessed this entire building. Our praises blessed this entire block. Our praises actually made such an impact that it blessed this entire neighborhood. You guys believe that? The presence of God came and he dwelled. As the word says, it inhabits the praise of his people. Our cities and nations become changed, not just through intercession, not just through human trafficking and justice, but through the praises of his people. As a matter of fact, it is not only healthy for us spiritually, okay, not that it's about us, but in God's created order, it also blesses us physically and also emotionally. Okay, let me give you an example. I came across this newspaper article, and uh, scientific studies all around the world have shown and proven that singing in groups, okay, this is just a secular study, has a diverse positive effect on people's health. So let me just quickly read this article for you. And uh, here's a testimony of one woman. She says, after years of singing in shower and warbling my way through karaoke duets, 18 months ago, I finally joined a choir. Every Thursday evening, I head to a church hall in Marylebone, Central London, where along with 30 others, mostly women and occasional blokes, I spend 30 minutes belting out Motown, gospel and pop classics from Abba to Bon Jovi. 
I'm more of a keen amateur than a wannabe soloist. But even the odd off-key uh, off note or wrong lyrics can detract from how good singing makes me feel. I leave every session uplifted, buoyed by a flurry of endorphins flooding through my body. So it comes as to no surprise that scientists have shown that not only does singing in a choir make you feel good, it's got health benefits too. Researchers at the University of Gothenburg, Sweden, found that choristers, okay, chorus people, uh, heart, I didn't understand what that meant, heartbeats synchronize when they sing together, bringing them to a calm effect that is beneficial to their health. The scientists asked a group of teenagers to perform three choral exercises, humming, singing hymns, and chanting, and monitored their heart rhythms during each. They showed that singing has a dramatic effect on the heart rate variability, which is linked to reduce risk of heart disease. Quote, song is a form of regular controlled breathing, since breathing uh, occurs, occurs on the song phrases and inhaling takes place between these, says Dr. Bjorn Vikorn who led the study. Uh, he also says that it helps you to relax, and there are indications that it does provide a health benefit. Okay. It goes on and on, but I feel like it's going to drag. But uh, Singing also has been used throughout history to help those with dementia, and it has helped people to gain self-esteem and confidence uh, through whether it's singing in a group and harmonizing together, they also use it uh, for people who are physically uh, disabled, and they found great strengths and positive effects. Okay. So even in the secular realm, they understand that when people come together to sing, there is a blessing behind it. There's a blessing in God's created order. He knew when the people of God came together, it's not only going to bless the Lord, but he knew it's going to bless the people just physically and just naturally speaking. But how much more, okay, how much more of a blessing is it when we come together and we sing God's praises? Okay, not only physically, not only emotionally, but spiritually, which encompasses all. So what I want to do today through two points is simply this. I want to establish this house and I know this house is an extravagant house. I know at the beginning you've, you've noticed how loud we sing. And there's some people who dance, some people who, who lift their hands. Like We're already in that. But I feel like as God is taking us to a new level, I want us to be established and reestablished, knowing praising God is pleasant, as the Word of God says, and it is fit, fitting. Okay, Praising God is not a burden. I break that lie right now. It's not a burden. It shouldn't be a chore. I'm going to share this a little bit later, but for the rest of your eternity, you will be praising God. Okay, there must be something good about it. So if you're following along in my uh, outline, you can honor me by uh, writing, what, writing the uh, notes that I share with you today. And the first lesson I want to share, which is the foundation of today's sermon, praising God is man. Okay, can everyone say praising God is a command? Praising God is a command. Okay, it is commanded. All right, let's all turn to Psalms 150.
Psalms 150. All right, this is what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to get you guys to all stand again. And this is what they used to do in the Old Testament. Whenever the word of God was proclaimed, all of Israel would stand. And uh, literally, Ezra, one of the prophets, he would read the whole Old Testament, and they'll just stand there and just proclaim praises after the word was proclaimed. So this is nothing for us, right? All right. So we're going to read verses 1 all the way to 6. 150, but I want you guys to really declare it right now over yourselves, over this sanctuary, and just simply because God is worthy of it. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Go ahead and take your seats. All right. If that's a good word for you, say amen. That is a definitely a good word. It is the word of God. All right. So from this text, I'm going to kind of draw a few lessons out. But we can see that not only did God command us to praise Him, it is commanded, but he commanded it in a specific way. Okay? All right, there is a spirit of praise that he requires of his people. Not the letter of the law, but the spirit of what he's saying. Okay? So I want you guys to catch it. Ephesians 1.10 says, and find out what pleases the Lord. And you know what pleases the Lord? It's not only his praises, but his praises according to his way and his spirit. Do you know how serious he is about his worship? If you guys remember the story of David bringing back the cart with the Ark of the Covenant, God had a specific instructions for his people to bring that back. Okay, he said, bring it with the cart, okay, old school style. For, for, for David, David's like, no way, I'm, I'm going to do it this way. Actually, no, let me retract. God wanted David to carry the Ark. He wanted his priest to carry the ark. But for David, he wanted to bring technology into it. He thought this is going to be a lot more, more efficient. So he created a cart to bring it back. And as the ark was falling, one of the priests grabbed the ark to try to steady it. And what happened to the priest? He died. Okay, God is serious about his worship. I mean, Jesus is the same today. Uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, but I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm just saying God is serious. So make no mistake about it. There are specific instructions in the Bible that reveal God intends to be praised a specific way. And what's the spirit of his praise? Okay, number one, praise, God's praises is meant to be lifted everywhere. Everywhere. Psalms 151 reads, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Psalms 113.3 reads, From the rising of the sun to the setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Even as you sit, the Spirit of the, Spirit of the Lord says, 
you must praise him where you are. Even as you go home in your houses, he's calling you to praise him. Even as you sit in your toilet to do your business, he's calling you to praise him. Even in your schools, even in your workplaces, even among the nations, he says, declare my glory day after day, the mighty works that I have done. It is a commandment that everywhere his praises shall be known. Okay. But not only did he say specifically for us to praise him everywhere, he also gave importance and delight when his body of believers come together in praise. Psalms 22, verses 22-25 reads, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those whom fear him. There is a special blessing when God's people come. There is a special anointing. God says that I inhabit the praises of my people. So every time we come together in this place and we praise him, God promises his presence. The same presence that was the fire by night and the cloud by day. The very presence when he stood as a fire before Moses. That same presence God promises in the name of Jesus to be present. So your praise is commanded always and everywhere. Which leads me to my second point. God's praises is meant to be lifted always. Okay, I'm going to fly through this because I want to get to my main point. But Psalms 34.1 reads, I will bless the Lord at when? All times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. At all times. His praises shall be what? Continually be in my mouth. God has a purpose for you. You might be praying to God, God, what is the will for my life? Do you want me to marry that person? Do you want me to take up this job? Do you want me to become a minister, a full-time missionary? The Bible says the purpose of your life is to praise Him. Simple as that. Sometimes we complicate it. Sometimes we try to understand God's vision by being in Busan. We try to understand God how are you going to use me to bring salvation to all these people? Though God is mysterious, at the same time, he's not a complex God. His word is simple for us to understand. His word says, bless me at all times. Praise me continually. It is your vision. It is your destiny. That is what you are created to do in your purpose. Okay? So if you ever ask God, God, what is the purpose for your life? He's going to remind you, praise me. Praise is not found, okay, in our feelings. It should not be found by what other people think. Praise should not be based on our seasons. And I read this verse last time I preached, and it comes from Habakkuk 3, 7 to 18. It says, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. 
I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk got it. He said, even if my job falls away and there is no money in my bank account, even if the economy of all of Korea is destroyed and there is war and famine, and North Korea come down with Kim Jong-un raging on, he says, yet I will rejoice. Yet I will rejoice. Always. Praise is meant to be lifted always. Verse uh, third point. God's praises is meant to be lifted as a response. Okay, we're going to read verse 2 from Psalms 150 together. Ready, begin. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. All right. So praise is about Him. It is not about us. As I mentioned, it's not about how we feel. It's not about our seasons. It is about Him. The Bible says, according to Romans 6.23, that in Christ Jesus, we have eternal life, which means we get to spend all of eternity with Jesus. But what, what does that also mean? It also means that we'll be praising God for eternity. Eternity. I mean, some of you guys have been through worship sessions, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, man. It's like, by the end of 20, 30 minutes, like, man, when is this going to end? I need to go home and eat. <laughs> 20, 30 minutes. Just think about all of, et- of all of eternity. You're going to be continually lifting praises to God. Okay? Now, it doesn't mean we're not going to have similar functions to earth, like having houses, having relationships. But the Bible says that we will be continually praising God. And I want to give this analogy to get you thinking. But I want you to think about, uh, okay, let's do this. Think about what the World Cup 2002. How many of you guys remember Korea and how they got to the quarterfinals? Okay. How crazy was it? Some of us who were in Korea, man, people were going nuts. Everyone had those red shirts on. They were singing these songs in, in unison, and it was just crazy. So I want you, every single person here, to imagine you are there. Okay? We're at the front seat. And we see Gus hitting, sitting right in front of us. And we see all the people getting, on, getting onto the field. And they're about to play Korea versus Italy. Okay, this is a very important game. Okay? Italy is like the top five. These guys are good. But Korea, man, we're on a roll. We're about to win it all. Yeah, there's so much energy in that place. Okay, so we're at the front. And the, the, the score is, I can't remember, what was it? 1-1. It was, the score was 1-1. Okay, there's 10 seconds left. 1-1. One, one. 10 seconds left. Okay? So, Pastor Caleb, I want you to imagine you're there. You're sitting right at the front. Okay? 10 seconds left. 1-1. One, one. Okay? 8, 7, 6. And one of the back defenders, he crosses in. And I want you to really imagine you're there. You're really there. 5, 4. He kicks it. Goes and curves, and a guy in the center, he headbutts it with his long curly hair, and it goes in. How will you respond? Okay, you're really there. No, 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 you're really there. Okay, I'm glad you did it that way, actually. Uh, What that showed us... That simple analogy is that we cannot fake praise. We cannot fake being excited about something. 
Praise comes from a genuine experience. Praise overflows out of experiencing something good. It's simple as this. Uh, just think of the best movie you've seen. It might be Shawshank Redemption. It might be Star Trek, one of those deep series. <laughs> it might be Mrs. Doubtfire for all those corny men out there. Or Gladiator. Just, just think about the best movie. And you came out of that movie and you're like, man, that is the best thing I saw in my life. And you began to tell all your friends. You began to put on your blog, man, the summer of this movie is like this. Man, this is the best movie. You have to see it. Okay? Also, just think about this. Think about the best steak that you've eaten right now. <laughs> For me, I just imagine a steak filet mignon. It's, it's, it's sitting on this sizzling grill, and it's got the grill marks like this. And the fire's coming up, and there's a little bit of steam. But I know it's, it's about to get ready when the blood starts to drip a little bit. And that's when I'm like, yeah, it's about to be eaten. It's about to go into my mouth and into my belly. Okay, so. <laughs> don't cut my flow, don't cut my flow. So simply because I enjoyed this steak, I'm able to talk about how good it was. Simply because you enjoyed that movie, you're able to rage and romp about how blah, blah, blah is so good. And even like the simple things about your relationships. It might be your wife. It might be a friend. People might ask, oh, ha have you met so-and-so? Oh, yeah, man. That guy's tops. He's got really good. <laughs> my Australian lingo. That guy's, that's, that guy's got like seriously good character. Like he's such a good person. Like I remember that time he cooked an amazing meal for me. He carried my heavy bags for me, if you're a woman. Um, I remember that time my, my, my wife, you know, she did, you know, cooked me an amazing meal, meal and all these things. Praise comes from a natural overflow of your experience. Isaiah 6. Isaiah is teleported, not teleported, but he's taken up to heaven. And he gets to see all of heaven's view according to his spiritual eyes. And he sees God on his throne, not literally his face or anything like that, but he sees the presence of God. And where he sees the presence of God, he sees the angels of God. And they have eyes all around their body. They have 6,000 wings and all this funky stuff and whatever going on. But what he notices is the angels crying out this one song. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the angels went again, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And they kept singing that song over and over again. Man, you think you're sick and tired of some of the songs we sing? Man, in heaven, they sing the same song. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. But do you know why they can continue to do that? It's because when the saints, they come to bow before God, when the angels they lift their wings from their eyes to see his holiness. They're like, whoa! They get a new aspect of his holiness. And they bow down with all of their being because they recognize. And they come back up and they see a new aspect of his holiness. 
And they keep on going. They're like, whoa, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And they bow in reverence and worship. All of eternity cannot contain or allow his people to understand his holiness. The reason why we can praise God forever is because he has that nature. The nature of his love. All of eternity cannot contain it for you to experience the fullness of it. It will take all of eternity to taste and see that the Lord is good. When you get to heaven, you're going to taste so many different types of his love. It's going to be unbelievable. And that's why when his people come to praise, some of us, we've tasted one aspect of God's glory. Some of us, we've tasted his glory in certain ways. And that's why we can continue to come together and be renewed in his praises and lift up what God calls new songs. New songs is not about the lyrics on, on the page. It is part of it. New songs is a response to seeing a new aspect of God in your worship. You're like, whoa, worthy is the lamb that was slain. And you sing it again. Whoa. And you sing it again. Praises of God is not renewed by your strength. Praises of God is not based on you. And how good your praise singing is. Or how you feel at the time. Praise is about seeing God. And recognizing the aspect of Him. It's an overflow. That's why there is no striving. In Christianity, there is no striving. Encountering God, there is no striving. Your quiet times, there is no striving. I declare that. There's only peace. The Bible says in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. Before he says, I I shall not be in one. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You're down. He leads me beside quiet waters and he restores my soul. Man, so good. Just on that verse alone, you could have quiet time for the rest of the year. Just on, just on the Lord is my shepherd, you can just stay on that for, for like a year and you'll still be blown away. The Lord is my shepherd. Wow. Mm. Wow. I shall not be in one. Whoa. Oh, I've been wanting in these areas. Whoa. So good, God. The Lord is my shepherd and again and again. That's why the word of God, it's living and active. It's not pen to paper. There's a spirit behind every word. It comes off the page and it penetrates the bone and marrow. So when you come into agreement with the word, you're coming into agreement with his actual rhema word. When it was penned by the apostles, all of history was penned down along with every note. God in all of eternity was placed into every single word placed on that word. So that's why when you do quiet time and you read a specific verse, we should always be blown away. Amen? So God's praises is meant to be lifted as a response. Psalms 103, 1-5, Pastor Christian loves to quote this. And I think it's a powerful verse. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, 
and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Amen. There is always a reason to praise him. Even the simple fact that we are saved, that is enough for all of eternity to praise him. Even if God does nothing more, even if everything falls apart in our lives, simply because of what God has done to save us, it is enough. But let me go further. Simply because who God is, regardless of where we are, whether we're enemies with him, whether we're saved, whether he's blessed us, God is always worthy. It is his character. It is his nature. In as much as we give worth to our leaders because of their position, worth to our president through our praises and respect, God of all creation, the God Almighty, because of who he is in his position, high and lifted up, who reigns supreme on the throne of justice and foundation of righteousness, simply because of who he is, our natural response is praise. I want you guys to think about uh, a time when you burnt your hand. And just imagine that this stove right now, uh, this is a stove, this pulpit. And if I laid my hands on this pulpit, which is a stove, how many seconds do you think it will take for me to be like, ah! Not even, a, not even like three seconds. If you can. <laughs> one, one thousand, ah! Oh. Two, one thousand, ah! Three, one thousand, ah! Not even a split second, right? Not even a split second. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Death. Two parts. A physical death, if you plug up these three holes. <laughs> but a spiritual death when we die. And if you imagine, if, if the Bible is true, it says that for all of eternity we'll be damned. And all of eternity will be burning in hell. So I want you to make this connection. One, one thousand. Ow! Two, one thousand. Ah! Not even a split second. The Bible says forever. If you haven't proclaimed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and have not trusted in his works, it says all of eternity you'll be burning in hell. Okay, no watered down lie. It's the truth. And check this out. Jesus Christ died for you and me. He bore the most horrendous death. The king of the universe, the most, pers- the person that should be honored the most, the person that should be respected and loved the most, he took the form of man. And he took your sins. And he bore every pain. Even now as we speak, the very shame or very hurt that you feel, he felt it on the cross. And he's continued and he, and he continues on with you. And he, take, he took it on the cross and he nailed it. And he said, no more. He said, there is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It is done. He's taken all of eternity's damnation. All the burning that we deserved. And he said, mine. He said, free. 
that in itself, even just thinking about that, should lead us to just simply praise Him. Some of us, because of the grace of God, we're here in this room. Some of us, many of us, may have had a path towards death, literally. There's so many times, even for me, if it wasn't from the grace of God, I'd be dead. Even as a baby, there was three or four times that I almost died. It was by the grace of God that I'm here today. Even in my own wickedness, I would go around stealing, doing drugs, drinking. Man, I spat in God's face. I was an enemy of God. We were enemies of God. And yet, because of Jesus Christ and his love for us, he took our sins so that none of that counts against us. Again, simply because of that revelation is enough to praise him for all of eternity, even if he does nothing more. So praise must be lifted as a response. All right, I'm going to fly through this. The second part, God's praise is meant to be lifted by all. Psalms 156 says, Let everything that is breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The reason why the church is still here and the Lord hasn't raptured his people is because we still have a mission. Our mission is to see the nation's worship. And I love this quote by John Piper. He says that mission is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Worship is the ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. When this age is over and countless millions of redeemed fall to their faces before the throne of God, missions will be no more. It is a temporary necessity, but worship abides forever. Man, praise and worship is everything. Let's just, just let that sink in for a little bit. Okay, the second point that I want to share with you guys, uh, which is the main part of my message today, and that is, Praising God is powerful. I remember the first time I had the opportunity to lead uh, a missions team to Thailand. Uh, It was pretty scary. I had a group of five people, all college students, uh, all aged about 21 to about 24, 25, uh, back in 2005. And man, six months of intense preparation. We were fasting, we were worshiping, we were doing, preparing all these lessons, we were going through healing and deliverance sessions, it was like intense, every Sunday we'd get together and we would prepare and prepare. So anyways, uh, we ended up in Thailand and uh, the first night I remember distinctively, uh, we're there and we feel pretty geared up, pretty excited, we're prepped up, we have everything under our belts and suddenly uh, this brother approaches me and he's, and he, and he's like, Herman, He's like, I feel like, I feel like there's an attack. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like something's coming on my neck. Okay? And I just feel like there's an attack. I was like, all right. All right if you, let's, let's, let me just pray for you. So I just began to pray for him. And then as soon as I began to pray for him, I just felt in my heart that uh, maybe our team should come together and pray. And so we got together in, in, in a team meeting the first night. The first night. And the first time I'm ever leading a missions team with a, with a group of five young kids, I'm like, okay, let's pray. And as I'm praying, 
um, our, our prayers started to intensify. Like, it wasn't like, hey, guys, we need to intense our prayers. But everyone just felt something. Everyone's like shouting at the top of their lungs, trying to pray their heart out and guts out because they felt and sensed what that brother was feeling. And for some reason, a, a fear set in the team. Like, oh, my gosh, we're being attacked. The enemy is coming after us. And there was a moment where I had to just stop the team and say, hey, guys, just calm down. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Uh, but at the same time, at the back of my mind, I was like, oh, man. I was, I was semi-freaking out. I was like, crap, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, I've been trained. I've been prepared. But, man, I don't know what to do. But the other part of me was like, okay, Herman, it's going to be okay. And God started to remind me of a specific verse. And it comes from Second Chronicles verses 20. But before we go there, uh, I would like to mention that about a third of our team meetings was basically like this. We would come together, we would pray, people feel the enemy's presence, I don't know why, and um, specifically one sister, she'll feel it physically on her body. And I don't mean to, to say this in a fearful way, but there was a spiritual physical attack, and she felt like something coming around her to to restrict her movements and it even like closed her mouth that she couldn't even pray and so i was inquiring of the Lord, god man this is like too much for me i can't handle this i'm still young i'm still learning and growing and that's when uh about the second or third night third night god led me to second chronicles uh 20 and it talks about a story of king jehoshaphat and king jehoshaphat was a righteous king he was a king who took all the high places of idolatry and removed it. He was the type of king who took uh, spiritual, political, social reform seriously. And the, and the land was prospering because of him. All of Judah was getting blessed their the socks off. Like there was overflow. And uh, in the midst of that, there was a lot of backlash. So there was a lot of, a, a lot of attacks in various ways. And uh, in the midst of the backlash, one of the major attacks was in the form of three kingdoms. Um, and their heart was to wage war against Judah and to destroy them. And the Bible says that a great multitude came against Judah and uh, King Jehoshaphat, and he freaked out. He freaked out. And this is where the Lord taught me a lot. The Bible says that indeed he was scared, but he set his face to seek the Lord. Indeed he was scared, but he seeked the Lord in the midst of it. So he began to seek the Lord. He caused, as a leader, he caused his people to fast and seek the Lord. And uh, as you read the story, what happens is, as they are seeking the Lord in a congregation like this, but a nation filled, a prophet stands up and says, this is what the Lord says. Okay, in the Old Testament times, they can do that. The prophet stands up and says, okay, I have to find it. Okay, let's move on. Okay, the prophet stands up and he proclaims that the battle is not in your hands, but it is in God's. So there's no, nothing to fear. Okay. Um, if you guys can open your Bibles to Second Chronicles 20 right now. Okay, 
So let's pick it up from verse 5. And King Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, okay, this, is God, this is his leader interceding. O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of other nations. In your hand a power and might so that none is able to withstand. Verse 7, did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they avoided and did not destroy. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of our possession, which you have given us to, uh, given us to in his inheritance. O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And this is a true leader right here. Even God's leaders get scared. Uh, even God's leaders don't know what to do. But the, the example that we can see from here, God's leaders know how to point people's eyes to him. And the first point I want to make today about the power of praise is praise is powerful because it refocuses our eyes on God. Praise is powerful because it refocuses our eyes on God. Okay, I'm going to keep on reading. I'm going to go fast through this. Verses 13. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones. Okay, if you can imagine all of us being out there and Karis is out there and all these little kids out there. They're out there all together with their wives and their children. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, son of Benina, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, the Levite, the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jer Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed at this great horde. For what? The battle is not yours, but God's. Yeah. When God's people come together and they praise him, it does something to the atmosphere. It brings a revelation. It brings a revelation that praise is powerful because it relieves God's people from fighting. Why? In a situation where you feel powerless, God is powerful. In a situation where you feel negativity or an emotion, when you declare God's character over that situation, you're inviting him to fight your battles. The battle is not against flesh and blood. The battle is not against the, the people that is before you. Okay, you might be fighting and emotions might be raging, but the true battle is not against them. The battle is won in the spirit. Okay? So that's why when we praise God, we give him permission. It is saying, God, this is who you are. This is your character. I invite you to respond accordingly, according to your character. It is because of God's character, we give him permission in our lives. And he acts accordingly. Verse 15, and he said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde. I'm going to read this again. This is important. 
For the battle is not yours, but God's. Every time you feel a battle in your heart raging, every time you feel a battle in your mind raging, if you have a relational difficulty or a difficulty at work, I want you guys to declare this. God, this battle isn't mine. This battle is yours. Amen? Okay, Pastor Kev, how much time do I have? Okay. All right, number three. Praise is powerful because it spiritually unites God's people. Okay, there is great victory in unity. And as you continue to read on, which I won't, the people came together. The leader of God bowed his face to the ground and all, can you imagine all of Korea bowing down? All of Korea bowed down. All of Judah bowed down and worshipped. And they stood up to praise him with what? A very loud voice. Okay, there is something about loudness that's important. Okay? It's not just about the, just being loud, the spirit and the heart behind it. Okay? Number four, praise is powerful because it routes the enemy. I want to read this because it's really important. So when the people had taken counsel, he appointed those who, who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in the holy attire. And as they went before the army, he says, Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. They just kept chanting this and singing this over and over again. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who came against Judah, so that they were routed. Boom! For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. Your praises in the spiritual realm not only honors God, but it sends confusion and destroys the enemy's works. Your praises is powerful. Next one. Praise is powerful because it relieves God's people from fighting, which I already said. And praise is powerful because that's who you are. I'm going to add that one there. You are meant to praise. So just in closing, I just want to share the rest of the testimony. And so if you can imagine the five of us, the six of us there, we're in a room, and there's one girl freaking out. She's like, ah, like, and, and she feels like she can't move, and we're in this place worshiping, and we're trying to figure out what we should do. And as we come to this verse, God reminds me of this verse. I felt like God saying, I want you to simply praise me. And so to make a long story short, as we did anyway, we were praising him, but we made an intention to praise him with authority, according to this text. To say, God, the battle is not in my hands as the leader. The battle is not in our prayers. The battle is not in the authority of our missionaries or the authority that was sent out. The battle is won because of you. And so we pulled out, pulled out a guitar. I pulled out my guitar, and we just began to praise him. We began to sing, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. His love endures forever. And then we started to sing how great is our God. And we just sang and sang and sang. And as soon as we began to sing, I just felt a release in the presence. I just felt a release. And God gave me this picture that as we were praying, I saw all of this like darkness, like specific territorial gods in that area coming against us. And as we were praising, God gave me a picture of the presence of God, the light, shining in that room, 
driving out the darkness. And as he was showing me this picture, bit by bit, as we were worshiping, man, the Holy Spirit just, and the glory of God just showed up in that room. Like stuff that you read in Acts, the Holy Spirit just began to manifest on people's lives. Like the girl, like she, she felt like she couldn't move. It was amazing. She was like, boom. And then she started to go for it in prayer. And God started to give her like download, like specific words for our, for our missions trip. How to pray specific ways. Where to go prayer walks. Like she literally got pictures of temples that the Lord was going to lead us to pray. That's probably why the enemy wanted to restrict her. And only so, there were times when the glory of God would come and, and the enemy would just completely be away from her, that she was in the arms of Jesus. There's one time she said that she saw, the, she saw the face of Jesus and the arms of Jesus holding her during that time of worship. Another brother, as he was worshiping, he went down. He was on the floor and he was just enjoying the presence of God. And I asked him, so what did you enjoy? And he said that every time that we were singing, he said, in the spirit, he heard and saw our voices. He said it was amazing. It was like nothing he's heard before. It was our spiritual song. And it was like even the most broken, most worst singers on our team, they sounded like better than Mar- Mariah Carey <laughs> or Brian McKnight. He said, I couldn't believe it. And he said, as the praises of God were being raised up, it was like a rainbow coming out of our lips. And it was going up to heaven like this. He said, also heard the angels of heaven come down. And he saw not only the voices and the songs of angels coming down, but he saw it intertwine with our voices and explode into this even great, greater and a more amazing choral. So why do I share this story? There is power in your praises. And in the spirit, if you were able to see when you sing your praises, there is an amazing glory that gets lifted up. And not only does your glory get lifted up, as, he, as, as my friend mentioned, the, the songs of the person next to you, the songs of the sister next to you, come together as one and create this amazing choral. And the angels of God take that song and they mix it with their choral. And it releases the glory of, to glory to God. Don't despise your song. Don't despise your voice even. Your spiritual song is amazing. There is power in your song. The devil knows that, so he will throw lies and deceptions. Man, that worship leader, mm, can't sing in tune. And we have a fence. Man, what's wrong with the people at the front? They're always dancing up and down, going nuts. And we have a fence. But don't let the devil lie to you. Praises is important. It's foundational. Let's pray. I don't want to establish myself in these words, but I know sometimes I get so excited that I don't know how to articulate, but I really believe that in the spirit there was an impartation. I really feel like my spirit spoke to your spirit. That is preaching. And uh, as we respond, I just want us to do something simple. 
And I want you to think about a situation or, or a difficulty. Or I want you to think about a family member that you've been contending for for the longest time. Okay, this is a simple exercise. But I want to release the grace right now for you to go deeper in praise. And even now, if you're feeling tired, or if you have a burden on your heart, or a stress, what I'm going to invite you to do right now is take the very essence of the negativity and not focus on it, but focus on an opposite character of God. So if you have issues with debt, I want you to begin to declare the Lord is my provider and begin to praise Him for He is your provision. If you have something like a health matter, I want you to declare Jehovah Rapha, the Lord is my healer. So right now, what I want you to do right now is just to proclaim His praises. And I'm just going to get everyone to stand. And I want you to take, it, take this ex- exercise seriously. Take your praises seriously, and then we'll go into a singing song. Just again, I want you to say it out aloud. There is power in your words when you say it out aloud, okay? It doesn't have to be screaming, but at least talking, talking level. Just begin to declare, God, you are my healer. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are God, my healer. So I want you to begin to stir up and begin to see God for who He is.